Welcome to the IoT Security Chats podcast, where we bring you the latest information in cyber and IoT security. From asset and vulnerability management to incident response, hear the experts talk about the latest threats affecting connected devices and how to keep your organization safe. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I am Priyanka Upendra, Senior Director of Customer Success at Assembly, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to the Assembly podcast series. Today in episode three, we will focus our conversation around establishing the Healthcare Technology Management Cybersecurity Center of Excellence with Matt Dimino, Vice President of Advisory Services at First Health Advisory based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Matt brings a wide range of technical security academic and HTM knowledge to this team. He has over 15 years of experience in various roles, ranging from being an associate faculty at IUPUI to HTM leadership roles. Many of those years spent as a practitioner in medical device security. Through his career, he has developed multiple security programs, integrated complex architectures, performed security consulting, as well as developed risk assessment methodologies coupled with hands-on device hardening experience. A major focus for Matt is to expand on IOMT or Internet of Medical Things risk management strategies and prepare first customers and partners for the future of IOMT and create a safer environment of care. Matt, thank you for joining us today. So as we've all seen in the last decade, medical devices have become progressively more connected and our concern about cybersecurity for these devices have exponentially grown. Uh, Being in the industry for over 15 years myself, I've seen changes occur over time on how we manage the devices across its life cycle, be it acquiring it, installing it, maintaining it, or decommissioning it. However, the few concerns uh, about HTM and other healthcare uh, IT professionals uh, include that they're not fully equipped to handle the cybersecurity challenges of these medical devices. So during this podcast, we'll get insights from Matt on establishing the excellence within HTM cybersecurity. So Matt, when we say HTM cybersecurity center of excellence, what does it actually mean? And how can HTM leaders build the foundational blocks for the center of excellence? So Priya, what what I believe this means is is changing your brand, uh, building a a new reputation for HTM, right? So for for many years, we've we've been in this break-fix model and we've been siloed and and stuck in in a generation of this is how we always do things. So when it comes to building a center of excellence, this is a challenging new realm of things that we want to look at to incorporate cybersecurity. And so we're going to work towards enterprise security, right? Making it more conducive to the organization. So the idea is to kind of forget about the the siloed efforts and these siloed effects and look at it from a business perspective and not just a a biomed or HTM perspective. So you're there essentially building a program to help the organization in its security efforts. Now, the foundational building blocks of this are essentially people, process, and technology. So you you kind of start with people and, excuse me, you evaluate culture. You look at who you have in your organization, who you have within your own team, who are your internal champions and who are essentially your external champions. And I guess when I say external champions, that's your partners too. It's people like you with with some of the tools and people like me from an advisory firm. So it's not just those again within your organization. And then external can mean outside of your department. So 
IT and IS, right? Whether it's a, a good, fair, or poor relationship, it has to expand, it has to be built, and it has to change in order to, to create that culture that's necessary as a building block. Um, the technology piece is also going to be critical. So whether you already have the technology, are you using it properly? Are you using it to your advantage? And are, are you showing ROI on it? Is it just another tool sitting on the shelf? Or is it something that's really integrated and incorporated into your whole program? Um, and if you don't have the technology, it's building the business case to be able to obtain the technologies. Uh, the, the technologies are aspects to this, and, and they are necessary and critical to really build that center of excellence that you're looking to do. Uh, the other element or foundational piece is the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the processes and workflows, right? So do you have repeatable processes? Are you able to take your people and your technology and build workflows around it so it's repeatable? You know, we, we, we're seeing a, a shortage right now of some talent. And when you do acquire talent or when you do have these individuals who are highly trained on your team, you know, what happens if these individuals tend to leave the organization? Do you have, again, these repeatable processes that can be demonstrated back to leadership that, that you have uh, that retainment? You know, you have the ability to continue on and carry on this iterative program and process. Thank you, Matt. And you talked a little bit about, you know, having hands-on hardening experience for these devices. And we see that as one of the major challenges. So when we are looking at the cybersecurity changes or controls bolted onto medical devices or even their networks um, involving some kind of implications to patient care delivery and clinician workflows, how do HTM professionals facilitate the application of these controls or hardening guides in the environment of care? So something to keep in mind, I'll call it first and foremost, is a control has to be mapped back to a risk, right? It, it's got to be mapped back to a very specific risk. Otherwise, you're, you're really ultimately going to stack up a bunch of controls that's going to cost time, money, and effort that may not even reduce the risk. So it, it, it is kind of evaluating these assets from a, a risk perspective, making sure the controls map back to it. Do you have processes in place to actually monitor the controls? Because if you don't, it ends up being kind of an ad hoc process and you're not really sure where you stand and then you still have no data and you have no elements to really share with security or your stakeholders that are, that are gonna be vested in this process. Now, specific to that, there's, this is going to be done through you know, looking at RACI diagrams, having change control configuration, having procedures and processes, and even having uh, secure configuration standards. So you have to be able to be able to look at all this from a, uh, an initial state standpoint to an end result or from a, a life cycle perspective. So on top of that, you know, CE and HTM sometimes needs a, a sandbox to test some of these controls. So you can't necessarily just go ad hoc or, or make a, a wild decision that this is the best approach, this is what we're going to do. So there's gotta be some sort of, again, change control testing environment and then kind of the last element to this is really communicating with the clinicians, right? HTM and CE is, is essentially boots on the ground. We're face-to-face -face with those people, and we need to communicate to that to them that we're going to make a change that might impact their workflows. So oftentimes bringing these individuals into uh, a committee, and I know we're, we're full of committees, but into some sort of work group to have these conversations, right? We, we all want to secure things. We want to apply controls, but we don't want to impede that care whatsoever. And so we tend to just say, what, you know what, forget it. I, I'm, I'm too worried about what could happen. So 
the idea is, is we think we know it all because we're so integrated into the environment of care, but until we actually bring those people from the environment of care in and just talk to them, right, have a, an understanding of what it really their workflows are, then we can more appropriately map the controls and kind of reduce that risk of impeding their, their clinical care environment. Thank you, Matt. Um, along the same lines, you actually helped me adopt assembly in my prior role at an integrated delivery network, uh, ranging from developing processes, key performance metrics, um, you know, training uh, materials as well. Can you elaborate on the specific features and functionalities of assembly that HDOs can adopt to drive this transformation? And how does First Health Advisory specifically do this? So some of the elements within your, your tool and, and the product here that, that I find extremely advantageous to, to a programmatic standpoint is, is that policy management. So you have the opportunity to really, I'm not going to call it a bubble, but you can put kind of a profile around these assets. You can see what they're doing. You, you've got your visibility. Now you take it a step further past the visibility and you say, look, I want to know if this device changes its behavior, if something in the environment changes, if we onboard a new device that doesn't meet where we stand from a baseline perspective. So that customization within the product itself to me is, is gold. I mean, it's just one of those elements that now you have a, a compliance perspective. So you're working so hard in this effort of, of creating that iterative program and in the end of that, that program or kind of that last phase is you need to monitor and, and your tools do that. Your, your assembly is a product that allows you to monitor that very granularly to see if there's any deviation in that. You know, to add to that is, is the risk scoring. Everyone has a hard time of, well, how do I, how do I evaluate risk and, and what, what factors should I be considering? And assembly has a, an algorithm, I'll call it, that really contextualizes the environment. It contextualizes the product overall. So it gives you a very clear number of what this represents. And that number is kind of tells you what you need to do. That's the understanding of how impactful this asset could be in your organization. So without directly going and, and doing a, a quote unquote business impact analysis, the risk score itself and the likelihood and the impact values that, that assembly brings and shows and demonstrates is enough for you to make some really good informed decisions. And again, that's now, you know where to focus your efforts. Um, another key element to this is the CVE and vulnerability insight information that assembly provides, right? It kind of takes the legwork out of sifting through, right? You've got, I don't know, 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 connected medical devices. And if you're an HTM security analyst and you're, you're parsing through these and you're reading and, and you're, where do I go? What do I do? Uh, the Assembly Insight product shares, you know, gives you the recommendations. Here's a good workflow that you need to, or, or that, that we recommend, right, that you do, and this will reduce the risk. So it makes it a little easier and less, I'll call it level of effort for that person to really make an impactful change. So I'd say from a First Health Advisory standpoint, that's exactly what we look to do is we like to help the, the, the customers essentially, where do you start? What's the starting point? And it's really looking at the criticality, the sensitivity of the assets, that risk, because the whole point of this, in my opinion, is the risk management perspective, right? If you got 4,000 connected assets, if you just try and go tackle all of them, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. So when you look at the criticality and you understand the environment and then you, you go from there and you have the CV recommendations and the vulnerability information, and again, the policy management, you've almost got a complete iterative process of evaluating risk. What do I do to reduce my risk? And then how do I monitor my risk? 
Superb. Thank you, Matt. And I think, you know, Assembly really does that because it's reducing a lot of that indefiniteness for the healthcare technology management professionals or even just the health system and other IT professionals in there because it solves the challenges with just doing your inventory. Uh, also prioritizing the numerous amount of vulnerabilities that we come across and actually defining what's an exploitable one and where do we really need to focus the efforts and then what makes the most impact on the patient data and the business and that's where you actually focus all of your resources at least in that short term period. So um, you brought up an important point about compliance and um, you know we all know that security doesn't mean compliance. <laughs> so uh, along the same lines, we've not seen any uh, explicit regulatory requirements in the environment of care standards, and more specifically for HTM uh, in the elements of performance to drive cybersecurity risk management. What we've seen so far are health systems that are increasingly retaining cyber insurance policies to cover certain compromises in the infrastructure. And then uh, health systems also starting to invest now in dedicated HTM uh, cybersecurity staffing. So with this gap in the regulatory requirements, do you think uh, there's something that HTMs can use to establish this center of excellence or how harder will this be? And can they use existing data sets from their CMMS or do a proof of concept perhaps with a SIMNI to build the justification to even start a dedicated program and then adopt this technology full-fledged? So first, uh, without you know the limited regulatory element piece, no, I, I don't foresee this being any more difficult. In fact, it, I would say this would be the other way around. And what I'm saying is this, Cyber insurance companies are are not willing to pay out anymore, right? They're, they're, what they're doing is, is they're making sure that you have requirements in place. Are you meeting these minimum requirements? So in the event you have a negative incident, uh, we will pay out, but you have to meet these minimum requirements. And sure, there's no minimum requirements right now around medical devices and HTM per se, but what they're looking for is the fact that you have a holistic, iterative process, right? You have something documented, you clearly show you've You've done your due diligence. And again, more or less based on a framework. And so that's where a lot of First Health Advisory comes into play is we, we everything we do is not ad hoc. It's all based around the NIST cybersecurity framework. And we're seeing a lot more healthcare delivery organizations and, and the security departments moving in that direction. So one of the things that we would do and we'd look to do for a cyber center of excellence or HTM cyber center of excellence is just that, mirror what IS or IT is doing from a controls perspective, from a framework perspective. And now we have those foundational elements. So again, taking NIST cybersecurity framework in, into the context here is, it's got five core functions and then it's got um, peers or tiers and profiles. And really what that allows you to do is you're trying to build your program is, is you look at the five core functions, you map it back to what you can do. And especially with a tool like Assembly, you can map back a, a large handful of these core functions from the tool. So the tool will provide you what you need to fill that void of the, one of these functions. And then you kind of look at the profiles and the tiers. So not to call it that, that a tier is any kind of maturity, but to some degree, it's a roadmap of here's where I stand today. I'm at a level of one or zero maturity where it's, it's kind of, it's ad hoc or doesn't exist at all. And I want to be kind of at a three. And the profiles really help you map, well, what does a one look like? What does a two look like? What does a three take? And then what does a five, you know, four and five take? And now you know where you're gonna focus dollars, you're where you're gonna focus efforts, where you're gonna focus all these, because you're gonna find that even though you've got five core functions and I wanna say 123 categories, 
You can't fill them all. It's impossible. It's, it's too too costly, too hard, everything in between. So the framework is meant to be uh, uh, an iterative. Well, excuse me. It's meant to be not pre-prescriptive, but for you to just evaluate and make it specific to your environment per se. So you're going to map it and again, look at the profiles and the tiers and say, well, today I'm okay being a two. It'll cost me X and or this amount of effort to be a three. And at three, we feel very comfortable. So at three, we feel we've reduced our risk to the environment. I can share this with leaders. This is great. And then same thing, you, you look at another profile or another uh, function and, and you'd evaluate it and you'd say, well, this is gonna cost me money. I need to go to the board or I need to go to the other stakeholders and do a business case to help with this. So I know that was long-winded from that perspective. So the other thing here is, you know, the, the framework really shares the who, how, what, when, where, and why, right? So being the fact that it's documented, you have the elements you need and you can kind of map back workflows people and processes right back to the framework that shows these cyber insurers that you are definitely making an effort, right? Because I'm mapping a simile back to, you know, asset identification, right? I'm mapping a program back to governance as a function. So you're able to map all this out and demonstrate to those insurers that if we have an event and we're compromised and there's negative consequences, money's involved, all the, all the elements we hear about on, on news, um, they're more likely to pay out because you had something in place, you did your due diligence, and, and that's kind of where we are. Now, uh, from a, a, an HTM perspective, or, or what can HTM leaders do? Uh, this requires a, a business case, essentially, is you're going to look at the framework, how do I match this, or what do I need to do with this? And, and really, sometimes getting involved with IS and finding out what they have and what they don't have, and just sharing the fact that, hey, are you all using a framework? Is it this one? Great, we're gonna try and mimic or duplicate that into the HTM environment. And here's what we have, here's what we don't have. Can you can maybe help with this? Uh, so you know from a, a resource perspective that maybe there's an enterprise control that can be specific or conducive to HTM. So HTM's not spinning their wheels trying to buy something or procure, and they're really not sure what it's gonna do for them. Security already might have it or IT already might already have it. So um, you have to look at that. And then another element is, is looking at your staffing and, and resources and, and your talent, right? So, you know, what do you need to do to be able to justify to create the center is this, well, not everyone's going to be able to run out and go get someone, right? We're not be able to hire a resource right off the bat. So the, the digital transformation, the, the strategy has to come into play with this is, all right, I, I want to make sure the organization is protected. I have to look at it from a business perspective and then my resource perspective. So again, taking a strategy, kind of looking at what resources you have and mapping it back to what your future desired state would be. And that would kind of tell you where your gaps are. And that's kind of how you, you would essentially would obtain your resources and create your business case. You hit it on the nail, Matt. Um, obviously, you know, we're talking about a lot of different activities, starting with, you know, asset management to different processes within asset management, uh, hiring people and building the staffing and the skills staff necessary that bring that HTM as well as the IT experience. And then we're also talking about technology adoption. So you've been part of, you know, HTM programs that are focused on medical device cybersecurity, and then you moved on to provide expertise to health systems to build dedicated programs. So considering all of these needs and wants, what do you see as, um, you know, the big challenges in uh, building a program? 
So sometimes the, the challenges are constraints within the stakeholders. Uh, so essentially, in many cases, I'll see where everyone's siloed, and I think we're all well aware of that. But when we're siloed, the other departments almost already assume HTM is doing something. Like they're the core owners, they're already doing something. And HTM kind of assumes that, well, security is doing something, so why do I have to do anything? And there's there's where your gray area is. So so it has someone has to have that aha moment and understand that no, we do have a gap. And that's it boils right back to the previous elements of, of the framework is all right, great. If we come together as a as a unit or, or a whole or you know, uh, looking at it from a business perspective, and we we kind of look at the framework and we ask the other business units, well, what are you mapping to? What are you not? And then we can find out where some of those gaps are. So that's just kind of one of it is, is stakeholders. Um, what I often see too is a, a product like Assembly or, or, or a tool, other tools, other other processes might be adopted by uh, security or IT or, or another group or even HTM, but it's not really shared, meaning they get it, they procure it, it they're only using it for 15 to 25% of what it's capable of. And you don't create that business value. You don't have that repetitive processes and you don't have the ability to share this enterprise tool with all the different business units. So again, you have that, that value delivery. You know, you're gonna pay a lot of money for one of these tools. And that's just a constraint that I'm seeing is this, a, a department might buy it. And then again, either negate some of the others or finally go, ooh, uh, <laughs> this isn't really all us. It, you know, come on over HTM. And then HTM says, well, I don't have the resources. You guys bought it. What do you want me to do about this? Um, and, and so the one thing I will share, and this is what we're, we're coming across from an advisory standpoint, is, is now it's okay to ask for help, right? Because this is a new era. It's a new realm of things. And not everyone really knows how to tackle these challenges. So the goal is, is if you need the resources and you need the assistance to kick it off the ground to, to kind of overcome some of these, it's okay to ask for help. It's it's. It's not widely available or known that, that there are firms out there that, that can help in this manner. So um, that being one of them. The other is, is some of the enterprise tools that do exist, some of the departments assume they can do the same thing that Assembly can or that you know, these, these, these passive scanning tools can do. And it's not the truth, right? It, it doesn't profile, it doesn't fingerprint and have the granularity that, that, that your tools do. And so the tools, they assume they have it or, or they assume, well, we're good enough and it's not good enough. And it's hard to tell these individuals and, and really sell it back to those departments that, well, what you have isn't good enough because no one wants to hear that, right? Uh, so it, it's, here's the need, we need the visibility. And that's absolutely the starting point is I gotta have the visibility. You can't protect what you don't know you have, right? So the visibility and the granularity and the fingerprinting and all that from assembly is, is there to, to assist. And so understanding and getting those business units to understand that this can integrate into their tools and it can make their lives easier is, is a challenge, right? Because they need to understand that. And sometimes someone outside their domain telling them that is, uh, can be problematic, right? Because we work in those silos. So those are a lot of the challenges we see today. Thank you, Matt. Uh, my last question for you. So in less than 60 seconds, can you tell our listeners um, some of the key elements to adopt the um, you know, digital transformation in the, in the environment of care? So I would say the framework, uh, NIST cybersecurity framework is a key element. Grab it, look at it. Yes, it's overwhelming. It doesn't have to be. Break it down to the basic elements and map back what you have to it. The other thing is, Forget what you knew for, for the longest time. 
get out of the, the, the barriers, get out of the, I don't have the resources, I don't want to, it's too hard. Uh, a digital transformation is not about making small incremental changes. It's absolutely about thinking outside the box and kind of going wild with it, right? Your, your goal is to transform your business unit to make it conducive to the organization, to make it uh, more advantageous to the healthcare delivery organization from a security perspective. So again, do large things, be innovative, think outside the box and, and, and bring it all together. Thank you, Matt. Um, really, it's Cybersecurity Month now. And uh, Matt, thank you for being here with us, Simbi, and sharing your expertise. Uh, we really appreciate your thought leadership and look forward to continued collaboration with you and with First Health Advisory. Um, so listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like to learn about Assembly and what it has to offer, uh, contact us at info@assembly.com. And if you have any questions for Matt about First Health Advisory and how they can help your health system uh, be more proactive and digitally transform in the environment of care, contact them at info at firsthealthadvisory.com. So until then, take care and stay healthy.